Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions. Real sweat, blood, and tears. Real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. See, I, I come from the school of Tupac. I'm a rival. You don't want to what? Man, with me. me. Hold up. I want to ask you a question real quick. Let's just keep a real straight shot with no chaser. I'm going to get a little bit rough. I'm here for those who really believe in the American process. All of us. Straight shot, no chaser. With your girl, Tesla Figaro, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. What's happening, everybody? This is Tesla Figaro with Straight Shot, No Chaser. I am here with my friend, brought him back a second time, Dr. E. Lance McCarthy. Hope you had an opportunity to check out Black and Tech. I wanted to bring him back to talk about the cannabis market. He is a national recognized faith-based economist and investment advisor with a specialty in urban development. Dr. McCarthy has assisted nonprofit organizations, churches, corporations, professional athletes in cities and economic development and financial plans. He is a personal friend of mine for the last 20 years. Please go check out Black and Tech to listen to our story and how uh, we became acquainted. I do want you to know that I'm bringing you folks uh, that are not just talking the talk, but actually walk the walk with real experience. And he is here to talk to us today about the green rush and cannabis. Welcome again, Dr. McCarthy. Glad to be here, Tess. It's always a pleasure. Well, break this down. This, I, I pride myself in doing research in a, a lot of different things and trying to stay abreast. But this is one thing, Dr. McCarthy, that, I, that I'm just not that informed on. Uh, you know, I know the overall, you know, idea of the cannabis market. I know how important it is that black folks have opportunities in that. Good friend of mine, Killer Mike, is always, you know, pushing for that. I'm always pushing for that as well from the legislative side uh, to make sure that black people specifically, you know, have an opportunity to benefit uh, off of cannabis, because uh, obviously, as you know, uh, that being a part of one, one of the one of the many reasons why black folk have been locked up, uh, that we yes. certainly should have an opportunity uh, to be able to use that market to restore our community. But that's about as deep, you know, as I went. I, I've had some conversations. I know some folks that asked at one point in time, would I be interested in investing? I've heard a lot of different things on the market being closed now, the market being open. If there's still an opportunity, uh, how much money do you you need. So kind of give us some basics uh, for anyone that just may not be familiar with why we call this the green rush 
and why it is so important uh, to the African-American community. Great, great. So let's go back to Prohibition days when we saw liquor being illegal. And then when it became legal, people made tons of dollars. So that is what we're at right now. We know that the black market, being the legal market of marijuana, has been around forever. And now as we make it legal, uh, there's opportunity on the business side and it's an opportunity to right the wrongs of those brothers and sisters who were incarcerated, sometimes life, for cannabis. And we want to make sure in this green rush that those that were disenfranchised be a part of it. Because if you look historically, that anytime there's a movement, you'll have people who have the power and the money to take it over. And those who uh, were incarcerated and disenfranchised won't be able to make uh, part of it. So I'm the economic advisor for the Minorities of Medical Marijuana. We started five years ago. The goal is to make sure that we incorporate minorities in the space. We are now in 33 states around the country. We help draft the state legislation to make sure the social equity is a part. We work with people in boot camps to show them how to get into the game. And we do just enormous amount of education services to help people uh, move forward into the space. And lastly, we're very excited to create a program called Clean Slate, where we go around the country and have expungement fairs where we get people's record expunged so they can get not only in the canvas industry, but just be able to get into uh, the workforce. So it's a comprehensive plan. We want to make sure that we inform African-Americans the opportunity of it. It's not just growing. It's not just dispensaries. There's a wide variety of areas that you can get into this industry in, be it uh, transportation, be it technology, point of sales, banking. It's a whole industry. And only uh, 30% has been legalized. So still 70% is black market. And eventually that's going to move on to the private sector. So I just believe this is an enormous amount of opportunity. We want to educate our people to make sure they're benefiting from it, both economically financially, and changing the wrongs or the rights of what's happened in the past. I'm glad you touched on it's not just growing in a dispensary because that's usually the first thing, you know, at least that I think right. that, that most think, people think of uh, when they hear about getting into this market. And from my understanding, it's very expensive um, to be a dispensary or uh, to be a grower. You have to go through quite a bit of red tape and then also yes. the financing side. So how are people, one, if, if that's a myth, please dispel it. If it's the truth, then it, can you give us a few, you know, I know this is something that people need to attend a boot camp, you know, to get more details, but can you For give sure. us an overview of how expensive it is or the challenges that you see uh, with getting on the dispensary side? Every state is different, right? But it's typically $250,000 uh, and assets or cash that you need to get into the game. Now, the opportunity to get into the game is that we help draft that legislation. And so the majority of partners get bonuses and get benefit by having a social equity partner. So the deal is you don't want to try to go into something 100% on your own. You can partner with a larger organization, as we talked about earlier in the other conversation, and be able to do joint ventures. So, yes, you have to have cash. you got to have assets. you got to have a clean record. But the laws that we help write in every state gives a benefit for a person uh, to be a minority to get into the space. And so we want to be able to encourage people to, to make sure that you do that. Now, a lot of times they may not have all the capital. They can win the license. 
And once they win the license, again, a majority partner will come in and provide that capital uh, for you to be a partner. So we're really sitting great as we look at laws and legislation across the country. Yes, it's a barrier to get in, but there are also incentives and ways of making that happen. Okay, so if we're saying that this is going to benefit those who are incarcerated, they obviously have a record. So how do they get around that if you if it's requiring you to have a clean background? Good point. Good point. No, what, what I meant about a, a clean background is that you've been able to, to have some experience. So there, again, are states that give you a benefit by having someone that's been incarcerated. They're bringing from a track that is poverty. So that's, that's how, as you know, you being a major politician of how you write legislation to incentivize this. So uh, people like Chicago, Michigan, there are some states that really have good incentives for people who either have been incarcerated or come from low poverty tracks. You get a check, a benefit by being able to have that. So again, that's where we're able to help draft legislation that benefit our people. I always talk about if you're going to do legislation, do business legislation that benefits our people. And one thing about these cannabis laws, we're doing it on state level. Okay. So the state level, okay, is it, clicking to me now. Yeah, every state every state writes their own laws because it's not federal yet. So every state writes their own laws. So we try to go into states, work with the Black Caucus to be able to create those legislation that incentivizes the cannabis industry for having minorities, not only minorities, but minorities who've had uh, records from cannabis or were displaced in poverty areas. So that's how we can create good legislation to incentivize people to get into this game. So, so far in your work, what states have you found, if you could name a couple, that have been very friendly uh, to this legislation or actually made the changes? Illinois has been real friendly. Not only did they create a social equity uh, benefit by doing it, but they created accelerators. And they went to the majority cannabis holders and said, if you put money into a fund, again, back to capital, you put money into this fund, that will help uh, minorities in the cannabis space and will help accelerators, and that will be a great mechanism. So I, I love when you incentivize the, the politics in the state, be able to incentivize capital and partnerships. And again, uh, Illinois is one of those. Now, your Oklahoma, it's cheap. You can go in there and just get a license for $500. So again, really? every state is different. Oh, no it's, wonder, because I got true. a couple homies that got a license. <laughs> now it all makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every state is different. $500. Every state is differently, right? And so what can you do with the license? Yeah, the, the different licenses. Again, you apply for dispensary, grow. Each license is different. Some are vertical, some are individual. In Oklahoma, it's, it's vertical. Now, back when our, our, our stuff in Ground Florida, it's crazy uh, because they only have 15 licenses. So the license is going for like $30, $40 you know, million. Dollars. Oh, wow. Uh, so, yeah, so it, it depends on the state. It's that state. You have to help draft the legislation in that state that incentivizes and helps minorities. And that's where we come in in policy. And that's how you integrate economics and politics. If you write the legislation to benefit your people. It's all making sense because in Oklahoma, there's literally, it seems like a dispensary on oh, every other block. <laughs> and I wonder, like, how do all these people? So so when you say 250000 to get in the game, is what is that the license and something else, or is that different than like what they're doing in Oklahoma? Can you explain? Yeah, that it's different. Yeah, okay. every state is different. So you know, in Illinois, you got to have two hundred fifty thousand dollars in cash or assets. Every state has different laws. Until it becomes federal, you will have the states running it. So some states are cheaper. As I mentioned, Oklahoma, 
Uh, Michigan is starting theirs. Theirs uh, is a little cheaper. New York is just starting. It's going to be another 18 months. So every state has their own laws. Eventually, it's going to be federal. And once it's federal, they'll change everything as well. But right now, people are going to those states where the incentives are, you know, higher, where it's, you know, it's, it's beneficial. Uh, again, you have opportunity to, to go into these states and make change based on legislation. That's interesting that conservative Oklahoma, uh, which every <laughs> yeah. county votes Republican, has yep. an easier process for a cannabis license compared to New York. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> but now it makes I mean, sense. I've got so many people who have moved to Oklahoma just to get that license. Well, I guess I need to. I, I, I mean, is that people. what I need to do? Do I'm I need to get I a license? Yeah. <laughs> I know 10 people who have moved to Oklahoma to get a license. And I can send you, I can send you the states and what that legislation is and see how easy it is to do per state. But again, Oklahoma is one of the most friendly states to get into the game. Wow. So as an economist, at some point, will it become saturated, overdone? Or? No, I, I go back to the, the concept I mentioned earlier on liquor. You'll never have enough liquor. People always consume. It, it just will, I believe, will help become a more stable economy because you're making it legal. The more you make it legal, the more you're able to tax it, the more people can you can regulate it and get people to the game. And so we're trying to teach those brothers and sisters who are in the game on the black market, flip over here and get it legally. And because you're already making it, you're already doing it. And you can be able to you have your license and everything of that nature. So we deal with a lot of people in that nature, showing them how they move from black market to the, the, the legal market. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises, or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements. 
along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Okay, some of the things that you say you work on, uh, you mentioned expungement clinics, uh, cannabis yes. hiring fairs. What, what, what is a cannabis hiring fair? It is people in the cannabis industry looking for people uh, to work for them. So we're going to have an expungement clinic right there to get your record expunged. And then we're going to have cannabis companies. And, you know, we've done hired events together a lot, how people can get hired in the space. So it is taking that segment uh, of, of the economy who have been disenfranchised, come get your haircut, get your suit, get your regular sponge and get a job. Really changing people's lives. We, we have uh, a couple of our partners, including a guy by the name of Colvin Cooper, who had life in prison uh, for cannabis. He was one of the last people that Trump pardoned actually on the helicopter. So he is partnering with us uh, in this, this hiring event because he just want to make sure that they can get people back on the other side, also creating their own strands. We have Harry O, who started, you know, Death mm. Row um, oh, wow. the, the, on the piece. We got uh, Free Ray Ricky Ross. We took all the dealers and said, if you made millions of dollars in the street before you went to prison, it doesn't make sense to come out and work at Taco Bell. Let's take those skill sets, incorporate that to the platform, make it legal, and you can you can really teach a whole lot of people. Uh, it's just, you know, it, it's, these brothers are real. They're the most loyal cats you can meet. You know, they deliver, they execute. They sit around complaining and crying, you know? So oh, we're very wow. excited about this program. Yeah, it, it's, it's really hot. That's deep. I'm mad to come because now I want to get in the business. Now, what, <laughs> when you say jobs hiring cannabis, can you give us a couple? Because yes. I think that's the part that's the disconnect for me. Well, maybe I need to do more research on it because one of the things that Killer Mike talks about is employing folks from this. And I, right. when I think about going into a dispensary, you know, I don't, what they say, partake. Of in Canada. Right. So I'm not that familiar with it. But what I know is I go in and I see, you know, just a couple of people working. So I never saw it. And I'm glad you came to stop by to explain this. I never saw it as this major employer like you're talking about. So because right. I just see a couple of people running it and that's it, you know, maybe the right. growers. So when you're saying work in the cannabis market, what type of jobs, you, you know, are you talking about and, and what can what would you say one dispensary owner has the ability to employ? directly and indirectly from that that one license if you have a, a number on that because i think that would be yeah yeah good, good question yes both directly and indirectly so on the indirect side there's a lot of opportunity in delivery uh there's a company we work with called ease they deliver every 22 seconds so a lot of people don't want to go just to the dispensary and pick it out they just want to hit their phone and have it delivered to their house so you got the delivery side you got the tech side you know you have to do point of point of sale so being able to help create those and sell those products to dispensaries uh, is, is, is a couple of jobs. Then on the banking, since it's not federal, there is no bank that takes the money. So you got a lot of cash and you got a lot of ATMs. But, so uh, in that industry, you have people who can work in deliver, pick up the cash and or uh, delivering all the kind of point of sale systems, uh, the ATMs, things of that nature, because, again, it's not federal. So it's a lot of direct and indirect jobs outside of just growing, outside of working in dispensary, on the tech side, the driving side, the, the plastics bags, 
the manufacturing pieces, everything that's needed, the paraphernalia. It's a whole industry in itself. And you don't have to touch the, 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 the product to be in the industry. Oh, wow. So I guess I need to get into some type of plastic bag sale or something. You didn't tell me what to do. I could be another stream of income. Yeah, we we at my birthday party, I party with a lot of cannabis industry vendors. And they had everything. They gave away bongs and all kinds of stuff. It was just tons of products that are in the industry. Then you know you got the edibles, you got the gummies, you got all kinds of stuff. It's it's a whole bunch of industry. We just want to make sure that black folks are part of it. Do you think when federal gets involved? Will that make it worse or better? Good question. Uh, it, it's going to regulate, which will help the taxes, you know, for communities and things of that nature. Um, I don't think the states then will have as much control as they have now. Uh, one thing I like about state government, it's ran like a business. You know, the governor gives direct orders and runs like a business. So I think it's going to be pros and cons once we become federal. It'll, it'll be able to be regulated more, which will help taxes. But I don't think the states will have as much power as they have right now. Right. Which can hurt when you look at Oklahoma being, you know, right. having more access right. there versus people being able to kind of construct their laws. And that that's a deeper conversation, yes. political, because there's always this argument over states, you know, being in charge versus federal. And what's the big benefit? And there's right. a lot from an entrepreneur standpoint state government helps a whole lot, you know, but, a whole lot. but, you know, that's typically a conservative talking point when they hear that they automatically assume, but it can be, it's a good thing, you know, too. But then oh, you yeah. have people like governor Ron DeSantis, you know, in Florida, you know, um, kind of making his own rules up as he goes. As go. It's like, what do you, what do you make federal and what do you make state? And, and so when we talk about the ability to make money like Texas, which believes in that almighty dollar, I am right. a proponent in states figuring out what works for their states. I'm curious, how does uh, Texas fare? Well, the Texas piece, I, I think just all still middle ground. I don't think that it has expanded as much as it should be. It's going to be a little while. You got 33 states who have adopted medical. You got 19 who have got adopted recreational. And it, it will just depend in the time frame. But but Texas has not done a whole lot as of yet. That's interesting. But the opportunities are because as the, the later states come on, they have an opportunity to look at what has been success and what has been the negative to make their laws better. But again, it's that key of working with either that Black Caucus or those advocates who really want to bring campus into the area. And, you know, that, that's all blue. Well, I'm really excited about you meeting our Black Party, you know, one of the, the folks that I consult with. Uh, to talk to those state legislatures to see how, now that you brought this up, to talk about, you know, what they'll be doing as well, you know, and, and what's their legislative agenda, because you're absolutely yeah. right. We got to start getting more legislative agenda on stuff that we can actually make happen. And one thing I we know totally that Republicans agree. love make happening is money. Let's get to you the bag. Yeah. I always call it business legislation. I was the keynote speaker last year at the NAACP luncheon, and they said, make sure you talk about voting. I sometimes talk about voting in business legislation. That's right. What <laughs> laws do we pass to make black folks money? Everything else conversation to me. That's if you it. Can, I mean, if you can do that, and you know, people don't people are run to the polls. That's people don't right. Republican politics, but if you go back to 1968 when Richard Nixon said cut the social program, they say he was crazy, but he said also create 100 black millionaires and take care of themselves. And the 8A program, the SBA, all came out of Republican legislation. It's legislation that pushes business. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you're going to take care of your people. When we talk about entrepreneurship and the importance of 
how that has always been the one thing that to me, you know, when I when I look at and I, I'm just using my own personal experience, when I look at my grandmother got out of a very abusive you know, relationship. She was a beautician. She's never worked for anybody in her life. She had her own beauty shop. Right. Uh, that was uh, what allowed her to get... She swears she's a Democrat. I tell her all the time, Grandma, you are the highest level of conservative, but she doesn't get it. <laughs> but her, which is fine. She could be, you know, I'm independent just for a point of clarity. Right. But when you look at what the, the decisions that she's made, let's just look at how she's lived her life coming through the depression you know, was able to own her first home, which she still owns yeah. today. I, I put enormous amount of money in it just to keep it up because it means so much. That was her, you know, her opportunity for freedom, true freedom right. from an abusive relationship. She's never known what it was to work for somebody else. She's always had a beauty shop in the back of her home, entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. Christian woman, it. you know, church seven days a week. She gives tithes 10%. I mean, like it is literally the Bible. She she never, right. you know, deviates from that. She believes in her her fact her quote is sit on your own bottom. You know, you must take care of yourself. Even now she's 90 years old. I had to sneak to pay for some stuff on her house because she refused, to, you know, to take the money because she was just raised with that very entrepreneur, entrepreneur yeah. spirit, self-employed, self-sustainment. When we look at Black Wall Street and Tulsa and all of the things that really allowed us, you know, the the Malcolm X, the Black nationalist movement of really being able to take care of your community through business. Why do you think Democrats are missing the mark, have always missed the mark to me on business? That's something they never, ever talk about. They talk about the social programs, which is important. But what about the business side of things? I don't understand. Republicans completely ignore it. They don't even try to outreach the black folks. Democrats don't touch it at all. And there's this black middle class or this black, you know, sector of entrepreneurship. What we do best, I believe, because we've always had to create something out of nothing. Why is it that they continue? And I don't know if you want to tackle that from a Democrat, Republican, you know, lens. But why is it that they miss that mark? Like you said, talk about more voting. Well, if you talk about how to get people money in their pocket, they'll be running to the polls. So (laughs) why is it? Why do we miss that mark, Doc? What, What is it? Well, again, when you look at the uh, social agenda of the Democrats, when you look at a lot of African-Americans who went to college first generation and became social scientists and, and, and social majors, uh, our jobs were in a, a false economy. It was a colloquialism. So you were able to get educated, go work for the um, welfare department and be able to move yourself up. So social in the democratic model has been infused in our mind that that's how you're able to get money and how you get ahead. When you look at who supports you, uh, because African-Americans come out of of basically poverty and low-income areas, it was a union. So the union supported the majority of the democratic um, politicians that were black. So unions is anti-business. So you have to go with who supports you. So if you come from Union, labor, non-business, social programs, and that's been the way that you have survived, then you keep doing that as opposed to looking at entrepreneurship and business because it's not been a part of your your DNA. And so that's the issue. Uh, We have to show that this business legislation is going to help us more importantly. When you look at 1960s, where you had a thousand African-American politicians, now we have over 10,000. In a business model, that would create trillions. But since the 1964 Great Society programs, we spent $22 trillion on poverty. 
Ronald Reagan said the war on poverty probably won because we keep doing social. We are a capitalist society. The first sentence of my book, if you don't understand capitalism, you're a foreigner in your own country. Learn the language. Business is a language, not emotional, not help me out, not help the little poor kid. People don't want to hear that. If you talk in business terms, you'll be able to get more business legislation. I think the Democratic Party has focused so much on social that they have not looked at the benchmark. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year? Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements along with funding programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You're not saying that social is not important. You're not saying no. that... The, explain that because I don't want people to think that because you were the president of the Urban League, you work yes. with social programs, you work with of churches, course. you work with nonprofits. So explain how those two marry so that they're not yes. missing, you know, what, what you're yes, saying. Yes, yes, yes. Well, as, as, as you know, when I got to the Urban League, I changed from a social service agency to an economic development agency with a social mission. I believe you have to do both. I believe you have to create economics, be able to create business, but also help social programs to help people get to a point so they can be a part of that. So mine is a comprehensive strategy. I always tell people, 50% Democrat, 50% Republican, 100% Black. If you get that agenda right, that you're doing both economic and social with your people in mind, then you can make a difference and make that happen. So yes, I, I don't disregard social programs. I just make sure that we have a part of economic programs to balance it so we can have 
the money, the businesses to hire the people, get the soft skills, etc. That's deep. And just going back again to, you know, me starting my business. Yes. Around you, that program, my I chose as an entrepreneur to start a business that was a for-profit business, but had a yeah. social concept Conscious. with how yes. are we, yeah, how are That's we it. investing in our community and giving That's people right. an opportunity. Everybody, because I couldn't afford people to work for me. All right. of my employees became supervisors, managers. I had them go out, hire people, bring them in, but they were responsible, you know, for those individuals as well, not just referring somebody. They became managers, no, which means that right. you start getting more skills and now you have managerial skills. So it takes uh, the consciousness of the business person, the conscious mind of the black business person yes. to want to do it. It also requires me having an opportunity to have equity and money and cash flow that I didn't have to stay afloat. And then it requires the Urban League at the time, which I did a lot of hiring from your Urban League to go get the folks that needed the opportunities. I chose to go to them first, opposed to just going online and, you know, monster.com and interviewing. So it really does take. And because I just have that small example, Doc, I live with that. That's not as a way to brag, but it's why I'm so hard on these damn politicians, because yeah. I know that if I could do it, if I yeah. could do it in a city that I knew no one, yeah. that I had no family, that right, I knew no right. one, just picked up the phone. Hey, Dr. McCarthy, my name is Tesla Figaro. Can I sit down? Can I talk about how we can partner? If That's I it. could do it, why yep. the hell y'all can't do it? You're paid a salary. You have the power of the pen. You have the bully pulpit. You have everything available. You, I was scraping pennies together to get just gas to go from one side of the town to the other. So if I can do it, why the hell they can't do it? There's no, it's, it's no excuse. You don't I use agree. the the power that you have. And when they say we can't do it because of those Republicans. No, y'all doing something because you keep on trying to get the job. People spend, I, I look at the last race. I will send a turn just for an example. A total of $10 million yep. spent on one congressional race. When you add in how much she spent, how much her opponent spent, how much the outside money spent, $10 million for 70,000 people to come to the polls. Over 400,000 yep. registered. Now yep. you, you, Anybody spending that kind of money to get in the seat, it's some power to come in that damn seat. I'm sorry, I'm just not going to believe nothing different. There's some power. So we have to start pulling back the curtains to say, what is it that our elected officials are doing, particularly our black elected officials that have access to earmarks, that have access, like you said, uh, on the other show that we did, just picking up the phone and calling somebody. You yep. have access to make things happen for your community besides book book bag drives and, and, and bicycle drives and fish fries. That's important. But where does the money reside? So That's in it. closing, how do we hold these people accountable? Uh, or, or am I just going to keep screaming? I know there are many people like me, but I'm going to be honest, Doc. It's not a lot of folks like me that really look at things from an independent perspective. And I'm just talking about in the cable pundit world because there's really only about 30 contributors. And I tell people this, 30 contributors that appear daily on national cable news. You have many people that come on and appear from time to time, but there's only 30 of us on Fox, CNN, MSNBC, and BNC. And I do feel I am one of the exceptions that that is constantly asking the question, what about black folks? So how do we... How do we get our people uh, uh, to see it? What 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 should we do next? What does the person at home do next to say, how can I get involved? You gave some tips and I'm asking people to go back and listen to Black and Tech so that you don't have to repeat that. You know, go where the where the money is, go where the, the people that have the access. But what can we do in, in closing this one? What can that person do at home to advocate uh, for the type of legislation, not just cannabis, but legislation, business legislation that makes sense 
for their community on the state level? What can they do uh, at home? We can rally around one initiative that helps move our people forward from a political and economic space. The best piece of legislation I have seen in my career is the Opportunity Zone. The Rockefeller Foundation says it's going to be $6 trillion that's going to be transferred to urban America. Why is it great legislation? Because it incentivizes capital to come to urban America. So we need to get every Black politician on this route of Opportunity Zone. If we can do that, we can have everybody on one mission, we can get the money transferred to where it needs to be, and we can help our people. I've, I've been doing policy research for over 25 years, the best legislation I've ever seen in my life. Well, what's your answer to that? When people say Opportunity Zone is just uh, gentrification and just moving people out from one side of town to the other, what's your answer to that? The answer is you have to be able to go where the money is. So if they're, incent- if they're incentivizing money to come to an area, not like the Enterprise Zone and the, the um, Empowerment Zone, the Opportunity Zone has money. So they're funds. That give money to businesses, both for business and real estate, to come into these opportunity zones. There's over 8,000 of them across the country. We need to have a unified front that every black politician and every community person needs to be pushing this agenda. How can I get a part of this? That's one strong piece I believe that we can change this, this whole urban area with politics and economics. Well, thank you so much. I know there's some critics with the uh, Opportunity Zone. Maybe I can, I'm not a critic of it, I'm, but I am going to look into it and we yes, can talk please. offline because I, I do want to know, you know, more pros and cons with that just so that we're flushing, you know, flushing that all the way out. I got you. Um, I know for myself, you know, again, having access to that type of capital, I know what I would have done, you know, for right. it. I just need one, literally one little step up. I don't even, That's I, it. I got the hustle. I just need the muscle. And so, so for me, <laughs> it makes sense. But for some, for others, I noticed that a lot of the critics that I see talking on social media don't own no business, by the way. Um, so it's <laughs> That's usually the point. The right. That's the point. See, in our culture, we've had the social scientists be the leaders. We need business people with social conscience. Because you think different, you talk different. Social is always looking at what's to give me, but business is what's to return on investment, but also I can do good. So we need more business people with social conscience. That's right. Basically what you say, I used to tell people, do you sign the front of the check or the back of the check? That's because it makes a difference. It makes a difference it on does. the conversation. It does. It does. <laughs> and I know that type tough. of pressure. I know that type <laughs> of pressure. I had 125 employees. I had to pay every 24 hours. That's yeah. a hell of a lot of pressure. That's a hell of a lot. You know, <laughs> to try to figure out what's going to be what. So, yeah, I don't want to hear no talking. What somebody say on social media. <laughs> That's right. With all of that all of that gibberish at the end of the day, how am I going to make payroll? And so I, uh, you know, what I do now, I don't, I see myself a boutique firm. You know, I don't have a, uh, a goal of being large again like that. Uh, but I do sit on a friend of mine, a uh, board who has a, uh, HR firm of a $60 million HR firm. So I enjoy, you know, still, you know, providing sure. that knowledge. And that's another thing, you know, each one teach one. If you're not doing it, how can you help go build up another black business? How can you take I them agree. from, you know, one level to the other? So whether it's the few clients I'm working with, I still try to, you know, use whatever I know or what I can do to help to move the needle. And the needle really does start uh, at the money. So before we go, how do you feel about reparation? How does that play into the, the, the economics? I think there is a place for it. I believe that there needs to be something that has happened. Let me give you a good example. Evansville, Illinois, under their cannabis law, 
25% of the money from the taxes goes to reparations. So you can create laws and legislation that incentivizes ways to get reparations. I think that's a great model. It's new agenda. It's new money that's coming. And that could be done in reparations. So if you have time, please look up Evansville, Illinois, and cannabis reparations. I think that, that model can be duplicated across the country. Again, we have opportunity now to write legislation as we move this cannabis model forward. Because that's basically what that is, saying that the people who were affected by the cannabis, that's the benefit. The people who were affected by that now have access to that opportunity. Um, yes. But the difference of reparations and the descendants of those who are slave is not necessarily giving me access to an opportunity, but more so a check um, because of being a descendant. So overall, you are in favor of reparations, but yes, it, yes. it matters to you. You're, you want to see how that how that model can be incentivized, uh, can, right? Can be incentivized because you'll, you'll you'll be debating forever. But if you come with a, a model that can make something happen, it can, it can work. And you can duplicate it. I'm all for it. Because that's all Republicans understand. They about the money. How does it? How is it going to re- get a return on investment? That's period. It. That's it. Yeah, not just because it's just the right thing to do. The right thing to do. Right. <laughs> poor kids in the ghetto. They kids on heroin and opioids. They ain't care. You got to show the return on investment and still have a social conscience. Understanding business. I tell people I used to be an entrepreneur and I'm a cold blooded capitalist. Period. Gotta stand the game. You still gonna have a social conscience. But well, you, you know, they say capitalism is evil. You know, they say capitalism <laughs> is evil. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's fine. I tell God all the time, I'll be economic Moses. I'll even hang out with the Hebrews in the dirt. But I'm a palace kind of guy. I got a lifestyle I like. I like good things. They apologize for a period. <laughs> I work all of mine. <laughs> Just before we go, I want y'all to know he mean that. Your That's suggestion right. was bringing lions and tigers. Did you bring the lion to the conference, or was yeah, that they, something they, you was going to do? They, they cut you out. Yeah, they. They told you. Some of your lions, though. You wanted the lions. The I remember you said, "Yeah, we're gonna have lions. We're gonna have tigers, bears." They said, "Doc, now hold on. Now you, <laughs> you going too far? <laughs> you kept saying, Tez, they don't get it. <laughs> they don't get it.'" <laughs> I'm talking about had the room. His office was, you want to talk about eclectic. I'm talking about candle set, the mood constantly, <laughs> dim, you know, everything, just the jazz and music, the this and that. <laughs> Always cool, laid back. I've never seen him upset. I've never seen him bothered. I never, I run a Doc McCarthy. They say this, this, that. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm talking about just <laughs> never bothered. <laughs> if unbothered was a person, this is it. And I mean that. I'm telling you, this man has been That's a joy right. to watch. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, thank you so much uh, for thank stopping you. by. Where can people find you? You are in L.A., but where can people find you? Yes. Uh, uh, so, again, my Instagram is Lance.Doctor, Lance.Doctor. My website is www.thesilverfox2x.com, www.global1000.us. We're always doing events uh, to, to help all kinds of people. Music and education, showing people in the music industry how they can get funding as well. So we're doing quite a bit of events. Well, thank you so much for coming by. Always busy, always moving. Thank you for being a part of my life. You were listening Same to here. Dr. Lance McCarthy, the only man I know that proposed bringing lions, tigers, and bears. And I'm talking <laughs> about real lions, y'all, at the Urban League Convention. I don't know. <laughs> Doc, now hold on. That's against the liability. <laughs> Lions, Tigers, and Bears. like coming to uh, America. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Lance. Make sure you you guys check out Black and Tech again. I will bring them back. This is my 
economist, my friend, my go-getter, hustler, ride or die, always been supportive of me for the last 20 years. So you've been listening to Straight Shot No Chaser with Tesla Figaro. If you like what you heard on Straight Shot No Chaser, please subscribe and drop a five-star review and tell a friend. Straight Shot No Chaser is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. I'm Teslin Figaro, and I'd like to thank our producer, editor, mixer, the one and only Marcy DePina, our mix master, Dwayne Crawford, and our executive producer, Charlemagne Tha God. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.